What's up, church? I could tell backstage, you guys are fired up today. I like it. Hey, I've been wanting to sort of encourage all of our locations to do something. And as I was backstage listening to you guys here at Littleton, it reminded me, you know what? I want to say something to everybody. Um, Regardless of who's doing the, the sermon, you guys know that you're part of the sermon as well. Did you know that? Your energy, your responsiveness, your... You choose which direction we go. You see what I'm saying? So I want you guys to start, when you come to church, start realizing you're part of this whole thing. You're not just listening, you're part of the whole thing. So act like you're part of the whole thing. Enjoy yourself when you're at church, okay? What's up, Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, Austin, Texas. What's up, Austin, Texas? I had so much fun with you last week. Brussels, Belgium, we love you so much, Brussels. Thank you for joining us. And both God Behind Bars campuses, men and women, we love you, your family. Thanks for being here. We're in this teaching series called Awake. And we started saying week one, we're talking about dreaming big, but living close, better. <laughs> I asked, you to, I asked you to respond. I have to deal with what I get. I understand. <laughs> Dream big, live better. That's it. And so we started out with two verses. The first one was Ephesians 3.20. Go ahead and put that up. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so we made two sort of... Um, Oh, I don't know, two main points about that that we talked about week one. Uh, We said we want to pay attention to two things. Number one, he's able. He talks about the fact that he can do more than we imagine, right? He can do things that we feel like are impossible. He can do things that we feel like might be past the point of no return or hopeless. He can do immeasurably more than all we can ask, think, or imagine. He's able. We recognize that. And then we said, and what that verse promises us is he says, I'm working. He says, it's my power that is working in you. That means even if you find yourself in a really difficult situation and you don't understand exactly what's happening and you're not sure what's going to come next, you can know this. The creator of the universe made you a promise. He said, I'm able and I'm working in your life, even on the days you can't see it. So he's able And he's working. And because that's true, we said this week one, we can declare this verse. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Because I know he's able and because I know he's working, I can actually stand confident today, even though I don't know how this is going to turn out. I can enjoy today. Why? Because I'm standing on his word. He's able. He's working. I know he's got this. I don't have to have all the answers. I can still enjoy today. Because as we said, week one, life to the fullest. Jesus said, I came to bring you life and life to the fullest. That's not just about someday. That's about today. Right? Oh, I like the energy you're bringing. So I want to, with that as our foundation, I want to continue to build on this concept for us to, to really make this a reality. 
I think there's several things that we'll need to, to be attentive to, but one of them is this. There's a phrase, and I want you to take this phrase home with you. Repeat this phrase to your better-looking neighbor. Don't leave too early. I'm just watching who you look at and how much trouble you just got in. Don't leave too early. Any of you early leavers? I know, because I watch you do it every weekend. <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. I'm an early leaver. All right? I'm always in a hurry. I don't know why. You ever find yourself in a hurry, and then you're like, why am I in a hurry? I don't even have anywhere to be. You know what I mean? But like I'm, I'm fighting through traffic in the lines and then trying to find the shortest line in the store and in traffic in the car. And everywhere I go, I'm like in a hurry. And all the time, I'm like, I don't even know why I'm in a hurry. I don't even have to be anywhere. I'm just in a hurry. And I leave stuff early. I'm just saying. In fact, I want to make a public confession. If any of you have ever invited me to your wedding, there's a really good chance I left early, <laughs> and I'm sorry. It's not because I don't love you. It's not because I'm not excited and happy for you. Um, it's because I'm just always in a hurry. The truth is, sometimes my schedule's crazy, and so sometimes it is legit. But oftentimes, if I was 100% honest, it has more to do with being anxious than anything else. I don't know why this is about me, especially, you know, you ever wonder like, why did God call me to do what I think he called me to do? Cause I just don't make sense for that. You know what I mean? I feel that so often. And, but what's, what's funny about me is, or interesting, or maybe a counselor's dream, I don't know, but <laughs> I can stand up here and talk to thousands and I get a little nervous, but not crazy, but put me in a room with a hundred My chest starts to get tight. I start to not breathe real well. I get real uncomfortable. Put me in a, a room with 100 people that know I'm a pastor, and my anxiety goes through the roof. It just does. And so I'm just telling you, whether you saw it or not, I probably left your reception early. I start planning my escape before I ever even get to the wedding. <laughs> True story. Me and my wife will be getting ready in the bathroom. We have two sinks. She'll be in, I'll be over here. And I'm like doing whatever I do in the mirror, which takes very little time. <laughs> and you're like, I can tell. And um, <laughs> do you. And, uh, and I'll be like, hey, Jill, you know, like while I'm getting ready, I'll be like, you know, I'm leaving early, right? <laughs> and she'll be over here like, she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she knows. And I'll be like, you want to come with me? And she'll be like, mm-mm. <laughs> You've seen my wife at your reception. You assumed I was somewhere there with her. No, no, no. We drove separate. <laughs> she stayed because, A, she's a better person than me. B, she feels really guilty about leaving early. And three, she loves cake. So you've seen her at the reception and assumed I was with her. That's all by design. She knows at some point during the reception, she will blink and I will be gone. And then she'll come home and she'll tell me about what happened at the reception and I'll pretend to care. And she'll be like, babe, me and the girls got to talking. 
And the funniest thing, and I'm just like, it's amazing. And, um, and, then, and, but, and, then she'll, and then, I'm not kidding, I heard this once after a recent reception. She's like, oh, you should have heard the inappropriate things Chad was saying. <laughs> to which I was like, please tell me more. But then she said something that it really got me. And she didn't mean to. She's telling me what happened. She's like, babe, you should have seen the boys dancing. Our three boys. She's like, they were going for it. Like hands in the air, jumping around, laughing, just dancing. It was so fun. I wish you could have seen it. And all of a sudden, I kind of went, ah. Because, see, then I knew. I missed a moment. I, I mi One of the... One of the funnest things for me in this world is watching my boys enjoy life and understand that's how your father feels about you. But I realized I missed it. I missed a moment. I missed the good stuff. Why? Because I left too early. And, and see, if we're not careful, that happens to us in life. And, and hopefully this, this phrase will make sense by the time we're done. But see, here, here's what I know is sometimes in life we feel stuck. We feel trapped. We feel like things aren't going the way I had hoped they would go. Things aren't going the way I thought they would go. Things aren't working out the way I had sort of planned or dreamed. And I feel stuck and I feel trapped. And all I want to do is escape. I want to get out of this season and get to the next season. I want to get out of what I'm in right now and get to whatever God has for me next. I just got to get out of this season. I got to escape. And I want to tell you, don't leave too early. God has you where he has you for a reason. Don't leave too early. If you do, you can miss out on the good stuff. If you have a Bible, flip open to Acts chapter 16. We're going to read about a couple guys named Paul and Silas. And, and here's a lesson that I believe they learned this night that we're going to look at. Would you put that next slide up? To see what God has for you, you have to embrace where he has you to see what God has for you. Oftentimes we're always going, I don't know what God has for me. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God's plan is. Sometimes if you want to see what he has for you, it starts by embracing where he has you. And that's what we're going to learn from looking at these guys, Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16. Let me set it up. It's a couple of guys and they're just trying to follow God's plan for their life. And a whole bunch of us would go, I know what that feels like. In fact, if you read the beginning, um, one of them had a vision, and then it says they concluded that this is where God wanted them to go, which means they did what we do. They wrestled with it. Is this what God's saying? Is this what God wants? Am I supposed to go here? Am I supposed to stay? Am I supposed to move? Am I supposed to leave? Am I supposed to jump? Am I supposed to... Okay, I've asked people and I've prayed and I've done the whole thing and I'm looking for peace and I'm doing it. I've concluded, that's what they did. I think this is where God's calling me. And so they go. And look, they're not trying to make themselves famous. They're trying to make Jesus famous. They're trying to reach lost people. They're trying to help people. In fact, what they do in Acts chapter 16 is get a young girl out of a form of slavery. They should have been given a key to the city. They should have had a day named after them. They should have been celebrated. But they weren't. 
They're trying to pursue God's plan for their life. They're helping people along the way. Get a girl out of a form of slavery and everything starts to fall apart. You ever said, I'm just trying to figure out what God's plan for my life is and I've concluded that it's this and you start walking in that direction and everything falls apart and you feel stuck and you feel trapped and all you really wanna do is escape and get to the next level, to the next season. That's how these guys feel. After everything they did and all the people they helped, here's what happens. Acts 16, starting in verse 20. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. I'm just trying to pursue God's will. I'm just trying to do what I think he's calling me to do. I'm just trying to help people. I actually helped a girl get out of slavery and I was publicly humiliated, stripped down, beaten nearly half to death with, with all these open wounds, not just taken to a prison, but they take them and throw them in the inner prison, in the dungeon part, and chain them to the floor. You want to talk about being stuck. You want to talk about feeling trapped. You want to talk about life is not working the way I want. And some of you, to be honest, you're not going through that stuff, but you feel it for yourself. I thought my schooling would be further along. I thought it would be going better than it is. I thought, I thought the job would be different. I thought the promotion already would have happened. I thought the relationship would be mended. I thought the relationship would have already happened. I thought that what is in here would have actually been happening out here already, but it's not. And I feel stuck and I feel trapped and all I really want to do is escape and get to the next season. With all that going on for these guys, what'd they do? I believe they show us how to dream big, but live better. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Can you just try to picture that scene for a second? Probably pools of blood around them, chained to the floor, and it's not fair, and it's not right, and it shouldn't have happened, so what should we do? Let's start passionately worshiping our Savior, worshiping our Creator, so much so that everybody else takes notice. Let's do that. And this would become such a lifestyle for the Apostle Paul. He would find himself in crazy situations, and so he would just go, I already know what to do. I already have um, my MO. I know what I do. I pray, I worship, I thank God, I feel his peace. I pray, I worship, I thank God, I feel his peace. It becomes the way he lives, so much so that he would later, from another prison, write about it to a church in Philippi. He says this, do not be anxious about Think about what he's been through. Because see, I've been beaten half to death in public and chained to the floor 
in the inner cell. You don't have to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I'm going to pray, I'm going to worship, I'm going to tell my God, thank you for where you have me, even though I don't get it. Thank you for what you've already done for me. And what happens? I'm going to present my request to God and the peace of God which doesn't even make sense, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it just becomes the way he lives. Here's what he's teaching us. See, there's a myth, there's a lie, and we've bought into it. And it always goes like this. If I could get over there, if God would give me that, if things would change and I would get from this season to that season, then someday I could have peace. And we buy that. We believe that in our heart. As soon as the situation changes, I'll have peace. And God says, no, 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 it's actually the opposite. As soon as you start worshiping and being grateful for where you are and what I've already done in your life, you can have supernatural peace right where you stand. Don't leave too early. Because there's peace to be had right where you're at. And I know for some of you, you go, man, that sounds good. That's a good Bible story. Not real life, but that's a good Bible story. I'm telling you, this isn't just a good Bible story. Because I watched somebody do it last week. In fact, I walked away from a hospital last week going, I've got nothing with God, I don't think, like what I just saw. I went and saw a friend named Danny. Danny has stage four cancer. And the doctors have said, look, we've now done everything we can do. And in fact, when I was there, he was in the middle of a consult with a home hospice nurse. So they've said, we've done everything we can do. We wanna take you home and let you be comfortable for this last stretch. Like, if you're gonna have bad news, as far as you and me go, it doesn't get much worse than that, does it? It doesn't get much scarier than that for some of us, right? And I walked into the room, the room excuse me, and, and there's friends and family members all over the place, and there's nurses coming in and out, and he's in a consult with a home hospice nurse, and, and you wanna know who had the biggest smile in the room? Danny, I said, Danny, what have you been doing? He goes, oh, we just, we just had a worship service. I said, I'm sorry? He said, Sean, you might remember, but I got baptized last year at the Lakewood campus. God's changed my life, taken me out of a real dark place in this world and in life and changed everything. And I went public with my faith last year. I got baptized. And he said, I got in a life group. Guys, next month at all our locations, you can get into a life group. And I'm telling you, you need it. You need it because one day you'll need it. You need it because one day some other people in the group will need it. And you want to be both. He said, my life group knows, they know how much I love church. And I haven't been able to go to church because I'm in the hospital. So my life group brought church to the hospital. And we had a worship service. And he looked at me and he goes, Sean, 
It was awesome. I said, what did it feel like? And he said, unbelievable peace. That's what he told me. And, and, and I was listening to the, the, the consultation with him and the home hospice nurse. And he said, you know, Danny, we've got some medic meditation tactics that we could give you to help you through some of the stuff you're going through right now. And Danny, with a smile on his face, he goes, nah, that's okay. I think I'll just focus on Jesus. It's not just a fancy Bible story, church. We can actually live this way. We can actually choose it right in the middle of not knowing what's going on and how it's going to turn out and what's going to happen next. We can stand on the word of God, put our hands in the air if we're comfortable and just go, God, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to worship you today. See, don't leave too early because there's peace to be had right where you're at. There's purpose to be found right where you're at. I was... I was trying to think this week, I think 26, had a college degree, had already lived on my own for a few years after college, made a bunch of mistakes, then gave my life to God, got saved, met my wife, just got married, became an intern at the church. That's how I provided for my wife. Interns made $50 a week, but my wife is a woman of faith, and she said, of course, that's what we should do. So I started an internship, and I can tell you that although I knew that it was what I was supposed to be doing, what I also knew is I was never going to be a pastor, so I wasn't really sure why I was doing the internship, and I would tell everybody who would ask. In fact, every now and then, if you were an intern, they asked you to teach. We had Sunday school class back in the day. Some of you know what that's about. And so, so if you were an intern, they'd ask you to teach at the Sunday school class. And I was, every time they asked, I was like, no, I don't do that. I don't do the talk about God stuff. They're like, but you're a pastoral intern. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's a weird thing. I'm just. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it. And although I knew I was doing, I thought what God had called me to do, I didn't know why. But I was also starting to feel stuck. I was also starting to feel trapped. And I had lived a whole bunch of life, given a, given a whole bunch of time and energy and effort to God. I can't wait till you take me from this season to the next season so I can find out what my purpose is. Because what I did is I set up tech for the high school chapels. And I ran lights on Wednesday night for the youth. And I mean, these were my jobs as an intern. One of my friends at the church had just done this thing where it was, it, he preached to so many thousands of people night after night after night at our church that every news station in the area came and did a big story. And about that same time, I had just gotten promoted to funny skit guy. <laughs> I'm going to be funny skit guy. Thank you for the promotion, sir. And so what that meant is, is our pastor, every now and then he would want to have something funny happened during the message, but he wasn't much of a joke teller. So he would go, you know, something funny could happen like this. And then I'd come up on stage. And then I'd walk off and question my entire life. Well, funny skit guy got promoted to serious skit guy. So every now and then the pastor would want to make a serious point. And he would go, you know, like, in a relationship series like we're starting in a couple weeks, a little promo. Don't miss it. Like, uh, you know, a family could have an argument at a dinner table and it might look like this. 
And I, as an intern, would bring a little plastic table up on stage and get three other interns who also hated their lives. And we would sit around this table and pretend to be a family and get in a fight. And then the pastor would go, see, just like that. Okay, that's what I did, okay? Ministry training. So, a friend comes to town. I go to breakfast. His name's Monty. Monty says, how's your life? I said, my life sucks. That's how my life is. I'm funny skit guy. And I thought he would put his arm around me and console me and have a pity party with me and tell me that, like, you know, when the Bible talks about martyrs, they had you in mind. You know, I thought that's what would happen. It's not what happened. He goes, let me, let me, can I share a verse with you? Yeah. Matthew 25, 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. I said, I don't get it. He said, you're sitting here talking about, I wish God would show me my purpose. And what if God's looking back at you going, I'm waiting on you to embrace your present so that I can show you your purpose. See, there's this principle in the kingdom of God, and it says God has you where he has you for a reason. And if you'll do that with some passion and that with some excitement and that like it's the best thing in the world, because that's what God's called you to do in this moment, then you'll start to see the purpose behind it. And then he'll promote you in his timing. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have breakfast with you anymore. Now, the truth is, is I got fired up and I was like, wow, all right. And I just decided that day, I'm be the best funny skit guy you ever seen. <laughs> well, by chance, a week or two later, I got asked to do a, do a little skit. And it was the one I was telling you about with the family. And so I know what was expected, but that's not what happened. I spent two weeks. I have zero skills. I'm not even handy at anything. I built a 16-foot wall, and I built a dining room on part of the stage, and I wallpapered it. Never wallpapered anything in my life. I wallpapered it. I had someone with some real skills and a saw come make a window. I hung curtains on it. I got the other interns who were going to play the rest of the family, took them around town, and we started taking pictures. They're like, what are we doing? I said, we're taking family pictures. And I framed family pictures and put them next to the lamp in the 16-foot wall with the window and the drapes. It's the best set any funny skit's ever seen. I just decided... This is where God's got me. I'm going to start doing this with some passion. So we come up, we do the thing. Well, pastor had told us, hey, on this one, it's going to end a little bit more serious. And I don't really want you guys walking off stage or carrying anything off stage. I don't want anyone to be distracted. So the lights will go off on you. Why don't you just stay there? I'm going to be on this side of the stage. I'm going to wrap up in prayer. So he wraps up in prayer and he says, would anyone like to give their life to Jesus? Of course, I'm over here doing this. <laughs> Same thing you do in this service. <laughs> Sinners. I start seeing people raise their hand. I start seeing people look up towards the pastor with tears coming down their eyes and like the light had come on for the first time. And it was like Jesus was tapping me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, you're part of this. 
And it was, it was some moments like that in my internship where I finally started to embrace where God has me that I started to find out what my actual purpose was. It was moments like that that made me realize, you know what, I actually do know why I'm becoming a pastoral intern, because I do want to do this with the rest of my life. I do want to help people find Jesus. I want to see that happen over and over and over and over and over again. It wasn't until I started to embrace where he actually had me that I started finding my purpose. And so I want to tell you, I know you're, you got that itch and, and you feel trapped and you feel stuck and things aren't working out the way you thought. And you're going, man, I can't wait to get from this season to that season. But I want to tell you today, don't leave too early because you might miss the good stuff. There's peace to be had right here. There's purpose to be found right here. And understand this, church, right where you're at, there is people to be reached. And that's the part that blew me away when I reread this story this week, Acts 16, 25 through 28. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Like that part's already crazy, right? But what they did next, to me, more crazy. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, hey, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The chains came off, the doors were opened, and they stayed. Why? Because they knew, oh, I know God's got something next for me, but I can't leave here yet because there's a person to be reached. See, we're called out of darkness into the light and then we're called, we talked about this at Red Weekend, we're called to go back into the darkness with the light, aren't we? We are to carry the light of Jesus to this world. Let me tell you something, church. You can't carry the light of Jesus to a world that you've made up in your mind that is a hypothetical future that may or may not ever happen. But you can carry the light of Jesus Christ in the world you're walking around in today. I know you feel stuck, but you don't want to leave this season too early. There's peace to be had here. There's purpose to be found here. And there are people to be reached. And that's who we're called to be, church. What if, what if, this is what I've had to remind myself so many times. What if you stop being so selfish? What if you stopped just focusing on yourself and started looking around where God has you? Because I bet he has you here for a reason and a person. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, look how things full circle, washed their wounds. Immediately he and all his household were baptized. 
The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he came to believe in God. He and his whole household, a whole family is now going to heaven for all of eternity because Paul and Silas realized, I'm not exactly where I wanna be, but I can't leave just yet because God has me here for a reason and God has me here for a purpose, for a person. So there's somebody in my world right now that I'm going to love and I'm going to serve and I'm going to reach out to and I'm going to share my story with and I'm going to invite to my church and whatever door open, God opens. Yes, I wanna get out of this season. I wanna see what God has next. But listen, don't leave too early. There's peace to be had right where you're at if you choose to do more worshiping and less asking for an escape route. There's purpose to be found right where you're at. And many times we won't see that until we actually start embracing where we're at and doing whatever God puts in front of us with some passion. And I guarantee if you look around, there's some people to be reached in your world because God has you there for a reason and for a person. And listen, Jesus said, I came to this world to give you life and life to the fullest. If I was thinking about it this week, if I can live a life that's full of peace, that's covered in purpose, and I get to help other people find Jesus and change their eternal lives, oh, come on, I'm living life to the fullest. And that doesn't have to just be someday when the situation changes. That can be our reality today in Jesus' name, and I believe it for our whole church family. Would you guys stand up at every single location? We're going to pray. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're able. I thank you that you're working. I thank you that you have a plan and that we can really stand here in confidence and rejoice because you're a good God you've got tomorrow fully covered. And God, I pray for every single person right now that is feeling so anxious about this season of life. And I pray, God, that even as we begin to worship you, that you would just set some people free from worry, free from fear, free from anxiety, free from depression. I don't have to know what's coming next. I know my God is with me. God, I pray you would free us up with that understanding. In fact, with everyone's eyes closed, let me ask two questions at every location. The first one is this. You already have a relationship with Jesus, but you are so riddled with fear and worry and anxiety, and you're, you've got that itch. You feel stuck and trapped, and you don't know what's coming next, and you don't know what to do about it. But right now, you would say, God, I want to be set free from this anxiety, and I want to know your peace in this moment, in this season. If that's you, raise your hand at all locations, and we're going to pray together. Yeah, a whole bunch. Second question is this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. And maybe you didn't even know why you were tuning into this today. Maybe you didn't even know why you were coming, but now you know. The creator of the universe is speaking to you. You can feel it in your heart. 
And today you want to say, Jesus, I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to ask for forgiveness of my sins to the best of my ability. I want to follow you. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to say a prayer for you as well. Come on, let's respond, church. Praise God. Praise God. My gosh, hands all over the place. God, you knew exactly why you brought us here today. You know everything we've been through. You know what's causing the fear, what's causing the worry, what's causing the anxiety. We rebuke those things in the name of Jesus. We stand on his word. He is able. He is working. Even when we can't see it, we can receive peace today. We're going to come to him and worship. And his word says that when we do this, we receive peace that passes all understanding. And we claim that peace right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the salvations that are taking place at every single location right now. People listening and watching from remote locations. God, I thank you for what you're doing. And as we begin to worship you with music, I pray that, that we would sense your presence and be able to feel your freedom in Jesus' name. And all of Red Rocks Church said, amen. Let's worship. <laughs>